Because you know, it's it's what's in you. It's the Holy Spirit, right? And He's rejoicing always. He has all the fruits of the Spirit: peace, love, joy, goodness, faithfulness, um, long-suffering, self-control. Right? All those great fruits are within you, and they manifest in you 
Um, and they just, they, they bring you to this maturity. I was talking to another believer in Christ about maturity. Maturity is so important because then we start to see the perspective and the lens of God's word and who we are and where we go and our indebted and our identity in Christ. And it's not a mourning process, but it's, it's great. It's great joy. They get to enter this everlasting kingdom of with the father and with the son and with in paradise. That's what Jesus said to, um, to the, the two criminals that were crucified beside him. Right. You know, one rejected him, but one was like, don't forget me. And he says, I won't paraphrasing, but you'll come into paradise. So, I mean, who doesn't want to be in paradise, right? And are we supposed to like rejoice as well? Like rejoice when someone goes to the kingdom, like it's a time to rejoice. Yeah, yeah, because it says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Yeah. So, I mean, just that feeling, I'm waiting for that moment. I'm obviously, I'm not gonna, you know, end my life or suicidal, but when that day comes where, you know, I leave this tent of my body and I get to be joined in communion as a bride to the groomsmen in everlasting love in paradise. <laughs> yeah. Um, count, you know what I mean? It's just, it, there's not even words to describe what that's going to be like. But it is, it's pure. It's pure goodness. I, I truly feel the things that we're missing, that we feel inside, will only be filled completely filled once we're with the lord forever yes completely i mean like it's all incomplete yes like it's like you know yes we have the holy spirit yes we have the presence of the lord here but just to be in that domain in the heavenly realm with an everlasting god with the father that is our true father you know what i mean it's just it's gonna be (laughs) overwhelming but it's gonna be amazing it's just gonna it's it's paradise it's euphoric it's even i I can't even have a word better than euphoric it's just it's just incredible i guess um does anyone else want to share anything if not i have a quick testimony um well, it was Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? No, no, no. It was Tuesday. Excuse me. And um, I had this word of knowledge for this Coke delivery guy that got lost. And I was, yeah, he, he found the right place because <laughs> the Lord led him to me. And I always feel in my heart when people are lost, like, ask, like literally ask me for directions it's usually because the Lord has brought them there. And I'm not, I'm not only there to show them, okay, yeah, you know, this is the map of the campus and this is where you need to go, but also their spiritual walk with the Lord. Cause you don't, I mean, I, I talk to people that haven't been in church in 20 years or 15 years or don't know the Lord or they're not plugged into a church or they're, they're not continuously feeding. They're kind of like lost sheep. And I believe 
the good shepherd, Jesus, has individuals that are co-shepherds with him. And we lead them back into the trough. We lead them back into the the green pastures per se and the and the brooks of water to drink from and that's Jesus where I'm just here co-laboring with the father but long story short I had a word of knowledge about his neck and he's like yeah I got surgery on my neck and I had this accident 10 years ago 10 years ago and the Lord knows and this is amazing we prayed for him and I just believed 100% healing I didn't have him check Cause he was kind of like, he's kind of weirded out, but because when I was telling him all this stuff about him, he even was like, okay, this must be, <laughs> something's going on. Something spiritual is going on. But I was just telling him it's just Jesus. And, uh, you know, I, I prayed for this one lady this Monday. It was, I had like this Holy ghost, um, meeting, I guess, with all these pastors and I was just preaching and, and I, and I gave a, a first-time visitor's speech and a tithe and offering speech. And it's just amazing that the Lord will exalt you. The Lord will promote you if you're being led by his spirit. You know what I mean? And and pastors even know. And they'll hand you the mic and you're like, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit speak through me, you know? So anyways, I had this word of knowledge for this woman that her ankle, she messed up her Achilles. And she said that she messed that up 20 to 30 years ago. How, like, I had this just, and her husband never told me nothing. And the Lord completely healed her ankle, completely healed it 30 years ago. And I saw her that she, I told her, I said, yeah, you messed up your ankle during a sports injury. And she's like, yeah, in college when I used to play basketball. <laughs> Oh, the Lord is so good. And he, he pays attention to every little detail. There's nothing that, there's nothing that passes his vision without him seeing. And, um, anyways, the long story short, I pray for this man named Montrell or Montrell. And, uh, I was just telling him what was wrong with them. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, pain here and there. And I had him sit down and his leg, no joke, was two inches short two inches short and it came at a time where I kept praying and praying and I just didn't see the full manifestation but then once I called upon the Holy Spirit once I got out of the mindset of I'm doing it it's the Lord in me doing it and I have faith I seen that leg fully come out restored I don't even know how he was walking honestly like that's a really big um uneven leg and my boss seen it and what I wanted to do I wanted <laughs> I wanted to convict people when they see healing I want them to be like okay how did this happen why did this happen and how can I do it and it's really to really just get to the bottom foundation of it is having this intimate relationship with Jesus you know, because my boss said, well, you know, Christian's just bold and he's not afraid to tell anybody. And I, and I had to correct him and I said, you know what? I was not always bold. I had to grow up into that boldness. It's not like the Lord's like, here you go. Got everything you need. No, I had to gradually walk with the Lord. 
if we trust in God, we walk with God. And then we trust him with every aspect of our life when it comes to our health, our finances, our relationships, our materials, our relationships with family and friends. That's when true trust is in the Lord. And that's when you see the byproduct of sonship through righteousness or the byproduct of righteousness as a daughter for the king. And when I seen that, I just amazes me because I usually pray for Christians and then other Christians are around me and I'm no different from them. I'm, I have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have the same anointing that I do. You just have to press into the gifts and callings that God has called you to do because God has no favorites. It says it in the end of Colossians chapter three, read it for yourself. So I want to read this real quick to you guys. It was on my heart and I read it this morning. So I'm going to read it out of Ephesians chapter two, new living translation. It says made alive with Christ. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. But our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and has seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us, point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And I want to share that because did you hear the beginning where it says all, all were in sinful nature. All were following their desires and inclinations all were not there so if that if that includes me includes all of you then i'm no different from you it's just by god's grace that i'm saved it's god's gift of salvation to men and women through his son it's the blood of jesus that makes me righteous and now i'm god's masterpiece and he has created us anew in christ jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So the Lord saw me when that leg grew out. The Lord saw me when I prayed for that net. The Lord saw me when I prayed for that ankle. 
And this is just, I'm, I'm just talking about healing. I'm not even talking about other stuff. But if we start to envision how God sees us as a masterpiece, then a screw up, your life will be different. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Don't ever think that you're nothing. Because Jesus doesn't see you like that. You're his masterpiece. And he's created you to glorify his father and him. So just remember that, guys. I only share these testimonies so they rebirth other testimonies. And it gives you encouragement to do the same. That's why I share it. Because I looked at myself like I was the scum of the earth. (laughs) And God replaced beauty for ashes for me. And he'll do the same for you. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to jump into prayer real quick. Okay, guys? So let's bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and let's pray. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're so good, Father. You're so rich in mercy. You said that in your word. Thank you for the grace that we're saved. Thank you for your son, that by his blood, we are righteous. We're redeemed. We're free from the curse and the powers of darkness, that we're no longer under the dominion or substituted to the devil, but that we have a new master and his name is Jesus. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him today. The eyes of your standing be enlightened today, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in in that which is to come. Lord, that you have your full, you have full dominion here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you that you would come, that you would descend upon us, that you're in us, you're dwelling in us, but that you would be upon us today. Counsel us, teach us, help me and help them to understand the word. Give me utterance, Holy Spirit, teach me and have my words be a blessing and help my words to be a gift of life that I would declare the good news of God, of the gospel with truth, righteousness, boldness, love, peace, and joy within my heart, Lord. Lord God, give them ears to hear today. Give them eyes to be open to the understanding. I command the spirit of confusion to leave now in Jesus' name. I bind you. Get out. In Jesus' name. The spirit of torment to leave right now in Jesus' name. Anything, any spirit that's foul, any spirit that is deceiving, any spirit that is lying, leave now in Jesus' name. That they would have ears to listen, Lord. That they would have art, that they would have their hearts open to receive your word today, that your seed would be planted in good soil and fertile ground. 
that you would see your harvest, Lord. We declare your goodness and your faithfulness here. I love you and ask you for all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, anyways, um, thank you guys for letting me share and also for you that we're sharing. I really appreciate it. So we're going to cover Revelations chapters 17 and 18 today. And what's exciting is that we only have two more weeks and we'll finish the book of Revelation. So it's been a journey and uh, it's been amazing. And it's, um, I'm going to say these two chapters are, they're amazing. They're powerful and there's a lot to be said. So we're going to try to, we're not going to rush to this. But we're definitely going to take our time and make sure that we get the fullness of the gospel, okay? So let's turn to Revelation chapter 17. Reading it out of the New King James Version. The Scarlet Woman and the Scarlet Beast. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me saying to me, come, I'll show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns, the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of, the, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with a great amazement, the meaning of the woman and the beast. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? I'll tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which have seven heads and 10 horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There are also seven kings, five have fallen, one is and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is of the seven and is going to perdition. I'm gonna stop right there. So John is being pulled and moved in the spirit by this angel that's showing him the great prostitute, um, the woman of, uh, of Babylon. And a lot of people think that this is like a Jezebel spirit because you got to think our bodies die, but where do our spirits go? 
so if your spirit is born again, you go to heaven, right? Um, if your spirit is, is not born again, you go to hell. The thing is, is that there's these demonic spirits that are upon the earth that been upon the earth since the beginning. And they can be cast into hell. They can be cast into the lake of fire. But if they're not, they're roaming the earth. And what they do is they cause more destruction from from age to age. You know, they'll influence tyrants and and presidents and kings and, and, and queens and all that. So you got to think there's always this demonic force that is upon the earth that hasn't gone away until that great day of judgment comes upon them where there's no escape. They'll face eternal damnation from God and they will be punished righteously through God. So when it says in verse chapter, or excuse me, um, chapter 17, verse two, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with wine of her fornication. Now, they didn't, they didn't commit When they mean fornication, it means that they're committing not a sexual act, but they're committing this sense of defilement and giving their hearts unto this. You know, when when you have sex, you know, it's between you and the other person. It's, It's a commitment. You guys are involved. You guys become one. The demonstration about the committed of fornication and means of that sense of that it was that intimate they were that in together that they defiled themselves right here committed fornication means in the greek is porno nuyo compared to pornographic and pornography to engage in illicit sexual intercourse being unfaithful play the harlot, prostitute oneself. The word is used literally in Mark chapters 10, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Revelation chapter 2, and metaphorically to describe spiritual fornication, that is idolatry. So that's a perfect word, describing spiritual fornication, that is idolatry. Okay, um, we're just going to keep continuing along. All right. Revelation chapter 17, verse 12. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdoms as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. So this is all to come, right? This is a fruition. These are of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. So these kings that reign and that in one hour, they will give the dominion authority and power to the bees so now he's going to have um allies he's going to have this sway in this pool because these leaders of nations are giving the beast their authority and their power 
for him to rule and reign. But I love this part right here. Verse 14. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. With him are called chosen and faithful. We're chosen and we're faithful to our King of Kings and our Lord of Lords. Then he said to me, the waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And 10 horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked and eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. Now, does anyone want me to go into deeper detail about uh, the seven kings, the ten horns, the seven mountains? Uh, just let me know now or forever hold your peace. <laughs> okay, I'll just make it real quick. So the seven mountains symbolize seven empires, worldwide imperial power. The seven kings represent the complete number of the world's emperors. However, there might be, and by implication, the complete number of political powers that persecutes God's people throughout history. So that's pretty interesting. The Ten Horns, some see the governors of the chief provinces of the Roman Empire, who for one hour were involved in the bloody civil strife that nearly destroyed Rome as an illustration of the spiritual principle that an anti-Christian political and military power inevitably destroy the economy and the nation of civilizations that they undergirded, thus inducing the own retribution and fulfilling the purposes of God. So you got to think that this, that we're going to, we're about to go into uh, that Babylon. So Babylon has an amazing, not amazing, but it has a very um, historic um, history. And I was listening to this, this pastor. I don't know if he was a theologian, but man, he was really explaining it, this verse really well that. So Babylon is today's Iraq and a lot of people believe that the Garden of Eden was in Iraq and knowing Satan he loves to pollute he loves to destroy he loves to corrupt anything that God has made because obviously Satan was jealous that we were made in the image of God right he wasn't we were and God created an Eden, right? A garden, just as he has in heaven. So he gave us this, this piece of heaven and the atmosphere of heaven. 
here on earth. And the, the man was saying, the preacher was saying that that is Satan's domain. That's where sin first originated was in the Garden of Eden. And once that happened, Adam gave over his authority, his inheritance and his birthright to Satan once he sinned and chose Satan as his God and not following Yahweh, our God. But thank you through the blood of Jesus, that's all been redeemed. But Satan, a lot of people say that Satan has his spiritual domain in the Garden of Eden, AKA Babylon, AKA Iraq, where that was. They said a lot of stuff in the Middle East, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, wars and famine and chaos and terrorism and all that. There's definitely a spiritual demonic stronghold in that region. Uh, they also say Babylon was also where the Tower of Babel was at. Where, you know, um, who's the guy's name? Nimrod. So that was in Satan's backyard, per se, metaphorically speaking, that Satan was trying to deceive and create pride and create power hungry in Nimrod. And Nimrod gathered all the people because they all spoke one language and tried to build a tower to reach heaven. And this is hyper, this is hyper literally what they're doing. They're actually trying to get to heaven. And this was what the preacher was saying was that this is one of the first, um, the first acts of idolatry because man was trying to get to heaven without God. Man was trying to create their own way to heaven. And then the Lord, you know, confused their language. And then they all spoke in different languages. So that's the Tower of Babel. But also Babylon became that city where the Tower of Babel was and where the Garden of Eden was at. So it's amazing how how we're in the, you know, beginning of Genesis is the Garden of Eden. Now we're in the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, and it's kind of making this full circle back to the Garden of Eden, Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar was the only Gentile king to ever take over and enslave Israel. I never knew that. Um, and King Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon, king of Persia. So um, just want to give you that background information that um, I wasn't too aware of. But it seems like Satan, obviously Satan can move and go anywhere he wants, except, you know, um, <laughs> into God's domain. But other than that, it seems like he has that, that place right there where he has all this corruption and terrorism and war and and famine and hatred and racism at. So we're going to go into Revelation chapter 18, the fall of Babylon the Great. 
After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having, having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his glory. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, unless you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you, and repay, and repay her devil according to her works. And the cup which she had mixed, mix double for her. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen, I am no widow, and I will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. The world mourns for Babylon's fall. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at the distance for fear of her torment saying alas alas that great city babylon that mighty city for in one hour your judgment has come and the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore merchandise of gold and silver precious stones and pearls fine linen and purple silk and scarlet every kind of citron wood every kind of object of ivory every kind of object of most precious wood bronze iron and marble and cinnamon and incense and fragrant oil and frankincense wine and oil fine flour and wheat cattle and sheep horses and chariots and bodies and the souls of men well that means bodies and souls of men that means that she had slaves like human slaves the fruit that your soul longed longed for has gone from you and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all the merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at the distance for fear of her torment weeping and wailing and saying alas alas that great city that was clothed in fine linen purple and scarlet adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls for in one hour such great riches came to nothing every shipmaster all who travel by ship sailors and as many as trade on the sea stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning saying what is it like this great city they drew dust on their heads and cried out weeping and wailing saying alas alas that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth for in one hour she is made desolate Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. I'm going to stop right there for a second. 
Um, so just to, to clarify, she was judged in one hour. All those plagues hit her and she was this nothing. All the sins that she committed all the way high up to heaven, God didn't forget. God's judgment was righteous and God's judgment is holy and God's judgment will punish the wicked. Even if you don't see people now, you know, pray for them that Lord God, show your grace and mercy upon them. But there will come a time where that will run out. And I pray to God that they don't choose God's wrath upon them, but they choose the son that God's wrath was pouring upon for us to be redeemed. All right, Revelation chapter 18, verse 21. The finality of Babylon's fall. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence, and the great city of Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. So a millstone back in the day, I was looking into that. Um, usually it was 72 inches long. So I think that's approximately like like five feet, maybe six feet, probably like six feet. But then they made them short of 48 inches. Anyways, these millstones were huge. They, they weighed up to like 3,000 pounds. And, and then they're saying that this mighty angel threw a big millstone. So I could just imagine how big that looks like. To me, it kind of like symbolizes maybe like a meteor or something of that of that magnitude, something of like an asteroid. Because, you know, what, what's, what's an asteroid made out of rock, right? What is like, you know, that type of, of symbolism? That's what I'm envisioning. I don't know for sure. I was just thinking that in my head. So, okay. Verse 22, the sound of the harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. Talking about Babylon. No craftsman of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore. And the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall not be heard in you anymore. For your merchants were great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived, and in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, and of all who were slain on the earth. So pretty much God flattened Babylon. Babylon has no nothing great out of it anymore it, or really it was just deceiving and everything was about money and riches and luxury and wealth but now it's now a desolate wasteland and it just shows you that what you do you will be paid back for what you sow you shall reap right and if you sow sparingly you'll reap it sparingly and if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. But with her, she's sown so much of her sin, thinking that she was better than God, thinking that, you know, she was just going to last forever. 
and what when I mean this, it's it's a it's a symbolic spiritual realm I'm talking about. Like this stronghold Babylon was now destroyed and judged by God. That's what I mean by that. Um, so it gives you imagery. It gives you uh, this perspective of this woman, but really it's a spiritual demonic force that looks good to the eyes of men, but really is evil at heart, if that makes sense. Um, does anyone have any questions or anything they would like me to go further in? All right, well, if that's it, then we are done for today. That's all I had for you guys. And like I said, we have just two more weeks of revelation and we are done. Uh, thank you for joining in. Um, thank you for uh, just listening and, and being the support. Um, go ahead and, and, and like this and, and subscribe and, and follow this podcast. Uh, I promise you won't be let down. It's it's completely God's word and it's complete truth and testimonies and just uh, this amazing fellowship with other believers in Christ. But what I want to do is I want to offer anyone that's out there listening that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't that doesn't know where they're going or doesn't know what they really believe in. And God's word is the truth. And it says they tried to make war with the lamb, right? It said that in Revelations chapter 17. Let me just read this real quick to you guys. Revelation chapter, or excuse me, Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. It says, these will make war with the lamb, Jesus. And the Lamb, Jesus, will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. So if you want to be a part of God's kingdom, if you want to be a part of the chosen and faithful to Jesus, Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. No one can overcome him. He is always victorious. He always triumphs. And I promise, I promise you, this is the best decision you can ever make when you make Jesus your everything. So if you want Jesus and you want him to be king and Lord over your life, and you want to be called by what he calls you, and what I mean by that, that he sees you as chosen and faithful, that it says that, he has written your name in the book of life before the foundations of the world. That means he's already chose you before you chose him. He's already loved you before you loved him. But this is the opportunity to give your heart to him. So I want you to repeat this after me in true authenticity and genuine of the heart. Father, I come to you. I come to you that I have sinned and I have fallen short. I ask for your mercy that I'm a sinner, but I want to be a saint.
Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe Jesus that you died and that you rose back again on the third day and that you're with the father in heaven seated at his right hand. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to save me and become Lord and King and master of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross for me. Holy Spirit, I call upon you to fill me right now and make your home in my body. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your faithfulness and that you chose me. I love you and I thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that declaration today to make Jesus your Lord, um, we would love to uh, hear about it. We would love to get some information and give you resources how to start this new life with Jesus. So contact us at Maranatha Ministries, love at gmail.com. Love you guys. God bless you. Have a good night.